This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Chris Brooks here, and I want to thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Did you know that we are funded by the generosity of listeners just like you? As we approach the end of this year, would you please consider giving a special gift to this ministry? Just call 888-644-4144 or give at equipradio.org. Please enjoy the following pre-recorded encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am thrilled that you've joined me today. Why don't you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I am so grateful to be with you today. It is a special time of the year. Obviously, many of us are preparing for Christmas morning. This is Advent season, and throughout this month, we've been encouraging you to prepare your heart, prepare your family as well for Christmas morning, where we once again will join saints the world over in celebrating the coming of our Messiah into the world, the coming of the Son of God into the world. There's not many events throughout human history that can properly live up to the claim that this changes everything. I would argue that there's only one event, one watershed moment uh, that uh, really lives up to that billing that this actually changes everything, and that is the life, death, resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I want us to be able to talk about this with our friends, family members, and loved ones. It really is the greatest story ever told and the greatest news ever proclaimed. It is the gospel, the good news. But how do we talk about Christmas with uh, skeptics, our friends, our family members, our neighbors, who may enjoy the spirit, if you will, of the season, the decor of the season, the parties that are hosted, the meals, the gift giving. Maybe they enjoy all of those aspects, the non-religious aspects, if you will, but they're skeptical about uh, the claims of the first Christmas, the virgin birth, uh, that Jesus is the actual Son of God, that Jesus even existed, that the Bible is a reliable historical record of the birth, life, death, resurrection of our Savior, and the subsequent impact uh, of uh, the Christian faith on on the world. We're going to talk about that today. And maybe today you are thinking about your skeptic friends. I hope you are. I hope that this is a season where you have a mini prayer list, a short prayer list of uh, individuals that you are praying that God would open their eyes Uh, to his love and his grace, to the salvation that is found in him alone. I pray that there are people that you are in dialogue and conversation with that have yet to believe in Jesus. What a great time it is for us to share our faith, to commend our faith to others. But how do you do that and how do you handle those objections? Well, today I'm really excited to have with me uh, an author that I've come to respect and appreciate greatly. Rebecca McLaughlin is with me. Uh, You've heard her on the program before. She 
uh, is someone who writes with the intellect of a scholar, uh, but really with the heart and compassion of Christ. Uh, she has a PhD in Renaissance literature from Cambridge University, also a theology degree from Oak Hill College in London. Uh, she co-founded uh, Vocable Communications and uh, is former vice president of content for Veritas Forum as well. Uh, she has spent almost a decade working with Christian academics at leading secular universities. And today I want to talk about uh, a small book that she's written, but I think is very powerful and extremely usable. It's called Is Christmas Unbelievable? What a great title. Is Christmas Unbelievable? Four questions everyone should ask about the world's most famous story. Rebecca, how are you and how's your family? Oh, I'm doing super well. Thank you, Chris. And my family is, yeah, almost ready, ready for Christmas. <laughs> I'm doing well. Well, obviously, people can tell from your voice that you uh, didn't grow up here in the States. You uh, spent your early years in uh, in the UK. How's Christmas different? You You've married uh an american and uh so obviously you get a chance now to be an expert in both cultures what are the differences <laughs> yeah well i married a guy from oklahoma no less and i live in cambridge massachusetts so I, i've got <laughs> some insight at least into two very different places in the u.s so you left old england to come to new england mm-hmm. is what you're saying exactly exactly yeah i was i was dragged kicking and screaming across the pond um, but i see god's providence in it yeah i think in the uk we have um, historic cultural Christianity, I would say. So there are plenty of people who celebrate Christmas because it's a culturally normal thing to do and kind of fun. And and our cultural Christianity is the kind that goes to very traditional, or that, you know, whose parents, grandparents, great-grandparents went to very traditional, um, usually Anglican or maybe Catholic churches. Uh, we don't have um, cultural evangelicalism, if, if that's the sort of kind of kind okay. of phrase. Um, and so one of the things that's always um, confusing or striking to me um, as I engage in the US is that there are actually uh, many people in this country, sadly, who if you ask them direct questions or if you gave them a census form to fill out and, you know, ask them what they believe, they'd say, oh, I'm an evangelical. You know, you'd say, well, do you believe that Jesus um was was really born of a virgin that he really died on the cross for our sins that he was really racist they say yes to all of those things but in fact they don't actually believe them in any meaningful way and it, it's become almost more of a political um, alignment than anything else so i think i think that, that's one of the sort of ways in which uh, these two cultures can, yes. can play out differently um is i sometimes hear language in america which in england you'd only hear from real real christians and in america sometimes you can hear it from people who sadly are far from the lord that's interesting, and it's uh, definitely a reflection of our cultures and the various differences. But among those who are um, uh, non-believers, those who, who are skeptics, there still seems to be a love affair, a fascination, mm-hmm. if you will, with Christmas. Uh, talk about why that is, you believe. Why is there so much fascination and um, fanfare and festivities mm. around mm. the Christmas season for those who are unbelievers. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a couple of things. I think one, especially up in New England and I think in Chicago as well, when when the winter is cold, there's an extent to which people want some sense of celebration and, and, and Christmas <laughs> can offer them that. I think there's also a desire for something that's beyond this world, uh, something that combines 
the intimacy of family with the the wonder of transcendence um something that speaks to our um our longing that the stories that we tell our children and that we the books that we read might might actually have truth in them i think people have that that desire which can be a, a nostalgia for something that they grew up with and can feel like they can no longer believe um or, or a longing for something that would just take them out of the the humdrum daily rea- realities of life um and, and so even if christmas doesn't give them that in the sense that they don't actually really believe in the in the miracle of christmas they can sort of cling on around the edges of that and, and feel some of the um some of the the decoration around it even if they're, they're not actually holding on to the center i love this uh you open your book the introduction with a letter a letter uh that is written to santa from a seven-year-old amy pond can you talk about that letter and why you opened with it yeah, well, this was the first book I felt some permission to write for for Brits, especially because it was being published <laughs> by an, an, a British publisher. And our equivalent of Star Wars is a, a sci-fi series called Doctor Who. It's been running for decades and decades and has a big yes. place in, in our hearts, which I think in America, it's sort of a little bit niche, but in, in the UK, it's, it's very big. And so Amy Pond is a character in Doctor Who who um, prays to Santa as a seven-year-old girl because there's this scary crack in the wall of her bedroom and she's hearing voices through it and she's sure that there's something really bad going wrong and she she doesn't clearly her her parents have given her no um no god to to pray to and so she's praying to santa and and doctor who this uh, sort of um superhuman alien um guy crash crash lands his spaceship into her backyard at that point um but what i wanted to to touch on there was the fact that it on the one hand we'll do desire to be heard by somebody who might have some real power over our lives. Yes. And also that sometimes things that, you know, we might think today, oh, well, only a seven-year-old could believe that. You know, once you're really a grown-up, you, you can't buy that stuff about a virgin birth and about angels and about, um, you know, wise men coming, being led by a star, all those things which sound lovely and are stories we like to tell our children. You can't really believe that as an adult, can you? And what I'm wanting to do in this book is to say, actually crazy and unbelievable as the Christmas story sounds. Yes, we can. And the fact is, is that the the Christmas story has been evidenced and confirmed and uh, time tested and proven. And so it is with great credibility that we not only proclaim, but have believed in the testimony of the four evangelists, the scriptures and uh, the life death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, today, I want to talk to Rebecca about these things, and I really want to open up uh, the opportunity for those of you who are trying to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, not just during Christmas time, but any time during the year with someone who you uh, have a relationship with, you you love, you appreciate, but yet uh, have doubts, uh, are skeptical about the Christian faith. I'm going to open up the phone lines later on in the program, but I do want you to call now, 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Is Christmas unbelievable? Rebecca, you talk about this uh, this letter. You open up praying to Santa. Obviously, I, I reference uh, the sense of love and appeal that many non-believers uh, feel drawn to uh, Christmas. It really does, it seems to me, reveal and reflect something deep within our souls that we are longing for these things. 
We're longing for the virtues of, uh, of Christ. We're certainly longing for something, a hope that is beyond this world. You mentioned a power that's beyond this world. But yet I do find that so many Christians seem to be negligent maybe or even fearful or nervous or missing the opportunity to share our faith during this season. Uh, talk about or maybe encourage us on why we should leverage this season for sharing our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that my family and I did um, over the last several weeks is kind of try and put our money where our, our mouth is. So as I said, we live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which in case you're not aware, is not the Bible Belt. And we decided, uh, we, we bought, uh, I think, 300 copies of, of this little book because I thought, you know, I, I wrote this to be given to non-believers. And so I want to give it to my friends and family. And, and I also just want to give it out in my neighborhood because I don't want to get, um, you know, to my deathbed one day and realize that there were dozens or even hundreds of people who lived in the exact same neighborhood as me who never heard about Jesus when I, when I could have done something. Um, so I went around with, with my family and um, we knocked on people's doors. We gave them a little kind of gift bag with a, the book and with an invite to our church's Christmas carol services. And as I was on the way to our first drop off with my, my younger daughter, she said to me, Mum, um, how many people coming to the carol service would make it worth it? You know, for us to give out all of it, it's going to take hours to, to do this over, over several days. And I said, just one. Mm. Um, our carol service was uh, two Sundays ago and one person came with us and she was a young woman who had grown up Jewish um, she had become dissatisfied with, with what she'd learnt um, from Judaism she'd actually gone to Israel to try and sort of find out more and to get some of her questions answered and still wasn't sure what she believed um, she, I think she'd met some Christians at one point and had some exploration of Christianity and she said to to God, she's basically kind of given up. She said to God, look, you're going to have to make yourself really obvious to me if I'm going to believe in you. Um, and uh, when she told me this, I, I actually saved it a few days before sort of mentioning to her that showing up in New England, you know, three months after she'd moved here from California, um, having strangers knock on your door and invite you to a carol service. Is God making himself just a little bit obvious? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And and so, yeah, this young woman started uh, coming with us to our, our Bible study that, that meets in our house weekly. Um, and, you know, we're wow. praying for her to receive the Lord, which is just, you know, a tiny, um, you know, one, one little example, but just to encourage people that actually getting out there, whether it's in our family and friends, whether it's our neighborhood, whichever means we have, um, risking the rejection, um, being as, as, as loving and, and gentle and, and kind as, as we, we know how, um, and, and inviting people in, uh, there's, there's actually real value in that. But yeah, the, uh, before we go to break, I just want to reference, uh, it, this is a little bit older now, 2018, Lifeway Research said only 29% of Christians invite friends out to come with them to worship gatherings while 71% of those who don't currently attend church say that they would respond favorably if invited Mm. by Mm. someone they trusted or respected. And so, friends, Mm. as your church is uh, gathering together for a carol service, a Christmas Eve service, a Christmas service, this is a wonderful opportunity to make the invitation. Invest and invite. And I believe that God will do the rest. We're going to go deeper into the questions 
of Is Christmas Unbelievable? Also take your calls at 877-548-3675. We'll be right back. I want to invite you to rediscover your favorite Christmas hymns this season with Born a Child and Yet a King, the Gospel and Carol, an Advent devotional from Nancy DeMoss Wagamoo. Spend 31 days tracing the Gospels through your favorite carols and discover anew the awe of Jesus' incarnation. Each day's reading will guide you into deeper intimacy with Christ this Christmas. Request your copy with a gift of any amount. Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I want to say thank you to all of you who partner with us prayerfully and financially. We could not be here apart from the grace of God and your generosity, quite honestly. It's so important for our fiscal planning that we finish the year strong. About 40% of our entire budget comes in during this time of the year. So I wanna make an appeal. If you are someone who's been listening and you have never given before, could today be the day where you, uh, for the first time, support, equip, financially, can you give your most generous year-end tax-deductible gift? It goes a long way in our mission in helping Christians to more effectively live, share, and defend their faith. All you have to do is dial the number 888-644-4144. I also want to make an appeal to those of you who may be business owners that are listening to us. You know, just about every December, there seems to be some company or business that says, hey, we listen to Equip during our lunch break. All of our employees and our staff listen, and it's been a blessing. It's changed our environment. It really has enriched our workplace. And if that's you, uh, maybe you can consider a gift from not just yourself, but your company. Uh, This is so important in this season where there's so many culture wars that are happening, so much battle over the souls of uh, men and women and the next generation that we invest in ministries that are boldly proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, not running from the tough questions, but running to them with relevant and biblical answers. That's what we ground ourselves on. That's the pillar of this uh, of this ministry. And if you've been blessed, again, I would ask for you to consider calling now, 888-644-4144, or if it's easier, go to equipradio.org. Again, that's 888-644-4144. Today, we're taking up the question, is Christmas unbelievable? And uh, you've laid out, Rebecca, four questions that I think are really important. But before we get into the four questions, a listener called and asked this question, what things do you find difficult to believe about the Christmas story? And I think that's a a great question for you and I to answer because so often I think people can assume that we don't deal with our own doubts or questions. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's not a year that goes by where um, I'm not teaching on the Christmas story. I'm I'm a pastor, so... For over 25 years, year after year, I teach on this story. As a kid, I've grown up believing this story. And uh, and the fact of the matter is there is a supernatural aspect of this that challenges all of our natural senses. So so what about you, Rebecca? What what parts of the story do you say, man, that, that even stretches me? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think... Um... 
the places where people tend to get hung up about the Christmas story are often around the it's clearly miraculous elements. So uh, virgin birth is one of the questions in my book or this, you know, the star sure. leading people from the East. There's an extent to which, because I actually believe that there is a God who created the universe and everything in it. I don't actually have any problem believing that he can do miracles. So to, to me, something like the virgin birth is not really, it doesn't sort of challenge my, uh, my credulity. I would say the element of the Christian story that I feel most like, well, I don't know how God did that, <laughs> um, is actually the, the star leading the, the wise men from yeah. the East. Um, we don't get a ton of details about that in the Bible, exactly how, um, how that happened and very specifically kind of leading them to, to Bethlehem. Yes. Um, so I don't know it, that I suppose that's a little bit less of a, yes. Oh, I'm not sure I believe this and a bit more of a, huh, I wonder what that looked like in real time. You know, sort of <laughs> well, the, the details are sparse. So the um, beautiful yeah, thing is that we'll, we'll have eternity to work out the, uh, the physics of all of that. And yeah. uh, you'll be able to see how that star worked out. I think for me, Honestly, the part that is uh, the most difficult for me to wrap my mind around is God's um, uh, amazing response to the evil of humanity. Um, Mm -hmm. Knowing how difficult it is for me to forgive those who have hurt me deeply, knowing how deeply I am offended Mm -hmm. by those who commit acts of evil knowingly, uh, those who are abusive, those who exploit or marginalize others. I think the part of the story that is most overwhelming to me, to my mind, to my heart, to my soul, is that um, our God would be so merciful that he would send his son into the world to die on behalf of those who were actually guilty uh, Rebecca, mm-hmm. of the very crimes mm-hmm. that we were accused of. We really are all uh, sinners. We really all have fallen short of the glory of God. But maybe the amazing glory of the Christmas story is that God is willing to extend grace to the fallen, to the sinner, and to uh, those who have been uh, found guilty before a holy God of uh, the evil acts that we should rightfully be condemned for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading the, the first chapter of Matthew with my, my kids yesterday, and we were looking at that, that lovely moment where Matthew um, first records Gabriel telling, um, or the angel telling Joseph, that the baby's going to be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And then says what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, but the whole virgin shall conceive a bear a son, they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I said to my girls, you know, what, what's weird about that? Like, what's strange about these two verses together? And because you, you would think that it would make more sense if the prophecy had been about a baby called Jesus, not a baby called Emmanuel. Like, what is this? Yes. <laughs> that's, that's not the baby's name. But realizing that, no, Matthew's showing us that actually Jesus, which means God saves, is Emmanuel, which means God with us. But actually God saving us was him coming and being with us in the person of Jesus and being with us, taking on our our sin and being with us, inviting us into his life. There's there's so much packed into those those couple of little verses. You bring up miracles and uh, certainly you have a chapter on the virgin birth. And I love that. I was talking to my kids about miracles recently. And I said the greatest miracle is far and away the miracle of salvation. It is the miracle Mm. of forgiveness 
that God, a holy God, offers to sinful humanity. Uh, speaking of miracles, we have a caller calling in from Aurora, Illinois, Mark. Hey, Mark, I wanted to fit you in before a break. Thank you so much for calling, my friend. What's your comment today for Rebecca? Well, one miracle that is rarely discussed is how it, how, how, how marvelous it is that Jesus stayed alive until it was time for his crucifixion, because from the time he was an infant, somebody was out to get him. Herod, yeah. Herod had a bunch mm-hmm. of babies slaughtered, hoping to get Jesus, and uh, mm-hmm. through, through a dream, Mary and Joseph uh, took him away. But throughout his ministry, the religious authorities constantly sought to do away with him, Yes. And John especially emphasizes this. It, you might call them close calls in the gospel where Jesus right. is almost, and, and in, in another gospel, Jesus is almost thrown off a cliff, but he yes. slips away. And yes. I think it's a miracle that he stayed alive until it was time for him to die. Very well stated, Mark. Very well stated. Thank you so much for calling. Rebecca, Mark brings up a very important point. Yeah, I mean, one of the the crazy and um, confusing in some ways things as you read through the Gospels is that Jesus has come to save his people, uh, yes. and and yet, um, sadly, you know, many of his of his people rejected him. Um, others others received him and welcomed him and have longed for him. And I think we see through the Gospels that that sifting that God does, yes. um, even, even today, as some people. Um, repent and believe and others others are hardened to him. Phone number is 877-548-3675. Maybe like Mark, you have a comment or a question, or maybe you are sharing your faith with a skeptic or a friend who uh, doubts the, the gospel, the Christian story altogether. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Rebecca about the real question, and that is, can the gospels be taken seriously? Can we trust uh, the the writings of the evangelists. And did Jesus even live? Was he a real person? Maybe you've heard these types of questions or other questions that challenge what we have come to celebrate uh, during this Christmas season. Is Christmas unbelievable? It is a wonderful book. I would recommend maybe getting your hand on a box of them and passing them out to your neighbors and friends with an invite to a Christmas uh, service. It would be a great way of bringing people to the truth of Christ. Hey, don't go anywhere. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. You're listening to a pre-recorded encore presentation of Equipped with Chris Brooks. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Again, so grateful for an amazing year. It's hard to believe, but we have come to the end of yet another year. And again, we celebrate God's goodness and grace. The program has been able to broadcast every single day this year without disruption, in spite of all of the world events, all of the challenges that this year has presented, all of the obstacles because of God's grace and your support. We've been able to be here every day to equip you to share your faith, to live your faith, to defend your faith more effectively. Today, I would ask for you to consider, again, supporting us with a generous year-end gift. And you know, there are some that are able to do what others are not able to do. Not everyone is able to 
uh, give uh, from the same amount of abundance and blessing, but maybe through it all, God has prospered you this year in a special way. Uh, I would ask that you would consider today partnering with us. Your generosity makes all the difference. And so maybe today you can consider uh, giving uh, your best and most generous gift. The phone number is 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. I'm going to go to the phone lines in just a moment. But I, but I want to start with a question quickly, uh, Rebecca. Are the Gospels trustworthy? Are they reliable? Should we even consider them to be historical accounts? Mm, yeah, it's a really important question and one that I actually don't, don't think we ask enough in, in church often. Um, and I think when we look into the answer, we find it to be quite um, fascinating and, and quite satisfying. So the, the four gospel accounts of Jesus' life of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we, we say them in that order because that's the order they come in our Bibles. But very likely Mark was written first um, and that, that, was, that came out about um, between 35 and 45 years after the events that it records. And you might at first think, well, gosh, how could you possibly remember things in detail that happened so long ago? Um, and I, I think especially if you're, you know, 40 or under, you think, goodness, I couldn't possibly remember something from 35 years ago. But if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s or 80s, you won't remember everything that happened that long ago. But you will certainly remember the really important things in your life, the, those vital conversations, those moments that, that changed everything for you. And Jesus's followers, the eyewitnesses of his life, death and resurrection, um, that changed everything for them. They, they followed Jesus wherever he went. He had a, a, a kind of troop of, of disciples, um, not just the 12 apostles, but the sort of 12 Jewish men he, he'd um, selected to follow on from the 12 tribes of Israel, but also actually a bunch of women who, who went with him everywhere, some of whose names we have in, in Luke's gospel. And they, after his, his death and resurrection, went around telling everyone the stories of Jesus. And so that the four gospels of, of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John give us their memories, whether direct eyewitness accounts, as, as in um, John's gospel, for example, um, or whether, as in Luke's gospel, um, uh, someone who's gone around and interviewed people who had been with Jesus, or in Mark's gospel, um, some, someone who was very much Peter's scribe, um, Jesus' close friend and disciple Peter. Um, you know, essentially, Mark's gospel seems to be Peter's biography, or his recollections of Jesus, um, perhaps supplemented by, by other folks as well. But we're getting access to eyewitness accounts of Jesus's life uh, that uh, give us extraordinary levels of historical detail um, about that, that match up with the, the place and, and culture um, in which the events happened, even to the extent of the frequency of names. Um, there's some fascinating research on, on the, the most common names among Jewish yes. men and women of that time and place. And you won't be surprised if you've ever read the Gospels to know that the most common girl's name was Mary. And the most common man's name was Simon, which is why there are so many Marys and so many Simons in the Gospels. And why it has to be connected to the geography of where they were born, raised, lived. You know, certainly you, you drive home a great point, Rebecca, and that is that the Gospels present themselves not as fairy tale, not as fantasy account. They present themselves as historical accounts. And so mm -hmm. we have to take them seriously and uh, treat them as such. But I do agree with you that as we treat them with the same type of um, analysis as we would any type of historical record, they have proven to be far more credible, uh, far more evidenced and supported 
than any other work of antiquity. And so if we're going mm-hmm. to believe other works of antiquity, then we certainly should believe the writings of the apostles. And so uh, I'm grateful for that chapter in your book. I want to go back to the phone lines. Steve is listening in Michigan. Steve, so so grateful for you listening, brother. Uh, thank you for calling. What's your question for Rebecca? Well, thank you for taking my call, first of all, and I really enjoyed the program. Uh, I hesitate to ask my question, in all honesty, because I am one that wants to know absolute truth. Yes. Okay, and when it comes to this particular holiday that's coming up, I do not see any truth in it whatsoever. Okay. Um, so, you know, I was talking to the gentleman who took the call as explaining to him, uh, you know, I've, I've written articles against this holiday, and they've been published in newspapers and things like that. Sure. And I've had a lot of feedback, which has always been negative because I'm destroying a, a lifelong tradition uh, by telling the truth. And so my question is, and it's troubled me for a long time, so my question is, why is it that if the Bible says you'll know the truth, and the truth shall set you free about God yes. and the things of God, uh, why is it do we latch on to these holidays, all of them for that matter, but this one in particular at this moment, and, uh, you know, get people to believe in things that are not true whatsoever? Um, you know, okay. I, I realize that a post is, is, is there is there Is there a particular, just so I can help to to answer your particular objection is there a particular aspect of it that you say hey this is the aspect that i'm most concerned about i'm most concerned about that the world is in essence uh producing something that's non-existent okay and especially in the spiritual world portion of okay it. we are preaching on things that you know it i understand behind it somewhat but for the truth aspect of it sir I'm just having troubles with the fact that I see no truth in Christmas and this particular holiday whatsoever. But again, just so, so I can be is, clear, why do we do is your is your question, is your objection rather, because you sound like someone on the one hand, because I'm hearing you quote the Bible, you sound like someone who uh, is uh, familiar with the Scriptures, uh, maybe even a believer in the Scriptures. So is your question an objection against uh, the existence of Jesus the, the 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 virgin birth, the coming of the Son of God into the world, or is your question, more, your objection more in the way that Christmas is celebrated? Uh, probably more in the way that Christmas is celebrated. I, I you're absolutely right. I am a firm believer. I'm born again, spirit filled, tongue talking. You name it, I got okay. it. Uh, but as I say, I want absolute truth. I find no truth sure. in Christmas whatsoever. Sure, sure. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the question. Um, first off, thank you for being honest and for sharing that, Steve. Um, I'll, I'll let you respond, Rebecca. I, I, I guess the, the one thing that I will say is I have no objection or qualms to those who are followers of Christ saying that we need to try our best during this season to avoid the things that will distract from the story of Christmas, what actually we are uh, revering what actually we are celebrating. Obviously, there are other secular traditions that have been added on. There's uh, other for- folklore aspects of it from um, from a celebratory perspective. Uh, there are uh, reindeers and all of these things that have been added on uh, that may distract from the centrality of what we're presenting here, Rebecca. So I have no problem mm-hmm. with us striving 
to maintain fidelity to the scriptures and to remain as faithful as we can to the gospel story. As a matter of fact, Steve, I want you to stay online because I want you to get a copy of Rebecca's book. I think you'll actually find her perspective on this very refreshing because what she is doing is getting us beyond all of those things that may be distracting and back to the gospel message. Rebecca? Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. One of the the interesting things that um, listeners might do is actually go back and, and reread or read for the first time the accounts in Matthew and Luke's gospel of the events um, leading up to and surrounding Jesus' birth. Because, because sometimes we have accrued in our minds all sorts of details around Christmas that aren't actually anything to do with what the Bible says, which in and of itself, I mean, there's, there's no problem with people having... Um, sort of a, a, a more imaginative, uh, celebratory um, feel around some things. Like, I don't think, for example, that, um, you know, any adult is really confused that uh, there is such a person as Santa Claus or, or reindeer or, you know, things like that that have kind of accrued around uh, Christmas kind of culturally. But some people might be confused as to whether, um, you know, Jesus was really born in, in the midwinter when there was snow falling, which is, is sort of deeply ingrained in us culturally sure. but really nothing to do with what the bible says or you know whether there was a little drummer boy you know parama pam pam who was sort of playing at the time those, those kinds of things um so i i find it helpful myself and i'm doing this with my kids to go back and just read through the accounts and experience them freshly to say okay what what is the bible telling us about jesus about us about the world that, that god has made and to really um latch onto that even in in the midst of all the the sort of Christmas trees and the fairy lights and the other things that can accrue around Christmas, because um, that is where the truth is to be found. Other things may be enjoyable, just as Christmas pudding, at least in my country, is enjoyable. Um, but really, this this is uh, the question of truth: is is whether Jesus was um, became it was is, is God become man or not? I I appreciate. I want to reiterate this. I appreciate Steve's concern here. So much so that I want to invite Steve to do something, and I really think this could be helpful for both Steve and, and those who may read his articles. You talk about the fact that you've written and your your writings have been published. It would be great for you to do a book review of Is Christmas Unbelievable? I think that, again, Rebecca's uh, approach and treatment of this uh, will not only align with some of the convictions you've just shared, uh, my friend, but I think it can also be used to draw people back to the hope of, uh, of the world, and that is the coming of the Son of God into the world. That is exactly what we want people to focus in on. And I pray that through the nostalgia and all of the other festivities that that would not be lost on us. Let's not miss this opportunity. Thanks for calling, Steve. You know, Rebecca, I was thinking recently, and uh, maybe in line with Steve's concern, I was thinking, what, how would I want Christmas? Would I want Christmas another way? Because I do believe that if you are a serious Christian, the secularization, commercialization surrounding Christmas can be frustrating. And there are times when you can lament the whole thing and want to throw away the whole thing and say, this is rubbish. I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Um, but as I was thinking about it, I said to myself, what a wonderful opportunity that mm -hmm. even in the midst of the secular world, the commercial world, um, uh, maybe building all of these traditions 
what we get the opportunity of doing is making Jesus a front burner conversation. There really mm-hmm. is an opportunity here, and I don't want our lament over the things that distract from the gospel to cause us to miss seizing the opportunity, Rebecca. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and, and even one of the things I've, I've tried to do in the book is to ask the awkward questions that people might be too polite to ask. <laughs> yes. You gathered around the, the extended family table if you're having a Christmas party with, with friends and neighbors. Um, most likely, people who are not Christians are not going to come up to you and say, hey, I don't actually believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. Why would you believe that crazy thing? Most likely, they, they might be thinking of that in their minds. They're probably not going to say it. So let, let's get those conversations out in the open. Yes, and let's have the conversation. Friends, this break is a great opportunity for you to uh, maybe consider supporting the program. I would ask for you to act now because your generosity allows us to plan for what will be an amazing new year. So can you please go to our website now at equipradio.org. We'll be so careful to say thank you for your prayer and financial support. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, I'm going to ask Rebecca, why does any of this even matter? I believe you're going to be blessed by the answer. Much more to come next up on Equip with Chris Brooks. On Equip, we tackle the tough issues, and there sure have been many this past year. But we continue to confront them with the relevant biblical truth of the gospel. As we turn to a new year, will you join our Christ-centered approach by becoming an auto-gift monthly partner? Keep Equip on the air in your community and across the nation. Your $30, $50, or $85 a month gift will make a huge difference in this new year. Equip yourself and make a difference for Christ and His kingdom at the same time by calling 888-644-4144 or go to equipradio.org. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Thank you so much to Marjorie from Champaign, Illinois, for your support today. Thank you to Shelly from Charleston, South Carolina. I'm so happy that we are now broadcasting in Charleston, South Carolina. Thanks, Shelly. Thanks to Greg in Holland, Michigan, one of my favorite cities uh, here in the West Michigan area. You guys are awesome. Maybe, uh, again, the program has been a huge blessing to you. It's been an encouragement to your heart. The way that we plan for our future is through your generosity. Without your generosity, we can't make plans about Zoom webinars or special guests or resources or events. And all of those things are things that we have planned for the new year. It's certainly my heart to reach the next generation with the gospel. One of the uh, unique aspects of this program is our focus on millennials and Gen Z in particular. And so if that's a passion of your heart and you want to see uh, them reached, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting us today, uh, maybe with a $100 gift or uh, maybe even more if God has blessed you in such a way. The phone number is 888-644-4144. But could you call now, 888-644-4144, or go to our website, equipradio.com. .org. Rebecca McLaughlin is with me today. You've written a phenomenal book, very accessible. I've encouraged people to order it in bundles so that they can give it out because I really do think it's that accessible and that usable. But let me ask you maybe the most important question of all. Why does any of this matter, Rebecca? Why should we even care to pick up the book or to even enter into the conversations? 
Mm, yeah, that's a that's a great question, and I think um, often there are people in our society who, on paper, would say that they believe the Christmas story, but in actual fact, it, it, it's making no difference to their lives at all. Tragically, and, and I want to say that the Christmas story, if it is true, makes absolutely every difference in the world to us. If there really is a God who loved us enough to become a human being to live in poverty, to die in agony, uh, to, be, to be raised from the dead for us. And, and Christmas is like the, the trigger that sets all of these things in motion and the, the story of Jesus um, becoming, um, becoming flesh, God's own son becoming human um, for us to be with us. That changes everything, not just 2,000 years ago, but it changes everything for me here now today. It means that my life actually matters and your life actually matters. It means there is a God who, who cares about us, who enters into our our pain and our suffering and our humanness and, and our, our struggles and, and our, our anxieties, like someone who is, um, as Matthew's gospel puts it, God with us. And, and that is something that, that changes every moment of every day. And at, at, on the other hand, if there, if there is no God and if Jesus is not God's son made flesh, then at the end of the day, nothing matters. You don't matter. I don't matter. Whatever we do in our lives will come, will come to nothing. And all we will face is is the pointlessness of death one day. And so I, I suppose I just, I, I kind of want to raise the stakes on Christmas and to say, look, this isn't just a, a sort of happy time of year where we can celebrate and, and have fun with, with family and friends and enjoy some warmth while it's cold outside. It, it's actually um, the light of the world entering into the darkness. And if there is no light, if Jesus is not the light who he claims to be, then all we have is darkness. Today, I would invite you to consider trusting in Jesus, and uh, we would love to pray with you. The Bible is clear that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is mm -hmm. Lord, that you today uh, can know him, you can have your sins forgiven, and you can uh, be gloriously saved by a merciful God, and we invite you mm -hmm. to do that today. If you like prayer or to talk to someone about these things, the phone number is 877-LIVE-675-877-548-3675. One of our team members would love uh, to pray with you. Uh, I think uh, part of what my hope is in inviting you for this interview today, Rebecca, is that I know that many uh, churches and believers in an uh, effort to be creative are presenting uh, the nativity, presenting the story of the first Christmas in many creative, the theatrical, musical ways. Uh, but sometimes, even in our presentation, there's no way for us to live up to the gloriousness mm -hmm. of, of it all. And so your book calls us to simply go back to the scriptures. And I think the most glorious tradition that we can have is to open up the Bible, uh, maybe turn to Luke chapter 2 and walk someone through uh, what the Bible records about the coming of the Son of God into the world and uh, to patiently work through uh, the big questions that arise from mm -hmm. uh, that exercise. Rebecca, thank you for giving us a resource that is very helpful. I'm also looking forward to, is Easter unbelievable? And is Jesus unbelievable? So excited, and I can't wait to have you back. Thanks so much, Chris. Have a great day. Folks, I hope that this resource is a blessing to you. I want to invite you again to order your copy, find out ordering information at our website, or if it's easier, 
go to uh, social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Until we're together again next time, remember Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.